Live, live, live. We are live, guys and gals. This is a very special one. It's for Latinos in clinical research. Uh, we're going to do our monthly um, meetups. They used to be on Zoom, so we're going to start doing them. We had some issues with Zoom today. So mm -hmm. we're just going to go forward and do them on StreamYard. So if you're following us on Latinos in clinical research, go check it out there. Also, save our sites. Uh that's for the Save Our Sites live streams. This one's kind of about both because this is what we intended to do was to give some feedback or a recap, I guess, of SOS from the perspective of LICR. And um, the turnout was actually pretty good from the LICR community, no? Yeah, I think it was really good. We had a lot of um, also volunteers. Um, Judy, a good amount of... Uh, People from your neck of the woods came and, and assisted, and it was very nice. Yeah. There was, oh, sorry, Judy, we're going to say something? No, 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 no. I, yeah, no, it was a really good turnout, and, and I was really excited to see everyone. Yeah, I think it was really, it was great. I mean, as everybody probably knows with uh, Save Our Sites Conference, um, we came into this collaboration because we, you know, one of the things that we talk very heavily with LACR and with our, um, monthly audience is that we, you know, there's not a lot of communication. There's not a lot of, you know, um, I guess as much space as we'd like for networking, especially for those that, uh, you know, are within communities that, um, that are more rural, right. And that are, you know, of multi-language speaking and all of those things. And so, um, we're really happy to have the opportunity to collaborate with SOS that consists of Dan Sfera, uh, Daniel Fox, and Brad, How Brad Hightower. Um, and so it was it was great to come together because, you know, we had people from all over the industry, um, especially those that more than likely probably wouldn't be joining conferences because of the pricing. We, we made it extremely cheap for people to be able to attend. So I think we got a really amazing um, batch of audience uh, just for the sake of the fact that we made it very affordable. Uh, shout out to Brenda for Brenda Medina for not only coming to SOS, but like two days later, she was in Dominican Republic. After oh. I saw her on Instagram, and she just gets around. I mean, that uh, I... unbelievable <laughs> to get Tucson wasn't the easiest place to get to, and to be in the Dominican Republic two days later, like like it's nothing. So we had yeah. a good turnout, I think, from our end from the LICR. There was a lot of site owners I recognized from some of our Zoom meetups, Brenda, who I mentioned before, um, even one of the sponsors, no? Wasn't the mm -hmm. um, Clin Connect folks? Well, yes, yes, I know what you're talking about. Yes, they were there. I would like to say that there was a, a wide variety of diverse individuals, especially for site owners. I mean, I even had, um, there was one uh, lady I had uh, met who's a site owner and she was from Hawaii and she was, you know, you know, teaching me a few things. And I just, I thought it was awesome. There was, there was a really great background. There was some, um, um, I, I forget his name, but I know that you've worked with him, Dan, but he's, uh, he's, he's young. I think he's 26, 27. He's from El Paso. Uh, uh, yeah. He's a side owner too. Oh man. Put me on the spot, but we're going to interview him. <laughs> we're <laughs> we're going to interview him. I know exactly who you're talking about. We're, yeah. We're trying to get an interview. So He's it was, been it was on really the great. webinars before, too. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I think it was awesome to see that, especially the ages too. Mm -hmm. You know, I personally always thought that you know most of the site owners that I've met, you know, were thirty five and up. I had never met any that were in their twenties. It kind of even made me feel like, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> why aren't you not having a site? You know, of your own. Um, but yeah, that was that was pretty cool. I really liked it. It was very inspiring. Um, but even more so, I think seeing now the amount of people and from the backgrounds they came from. Um, what the potential is and how we can really utilize LICR as a platform moving forward and to bring in that diversity aspect because we really didn't touch or focus on that too too much um, because it was our first time conference and we only had a day eight hours day. or even less than eight hours really you know so um, yeah I just I'm excited. Abraham Arzola founder and site director at El Paso Clinical Trials. There you go. <laughs> shout out, shout out. The rising star one of my favorites. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and we have Vanessa's also from El Paso. Oh well, <laughs> Vanessa, you need to yeah. you need to go connect, right? Yes, come. Yeah. I mean, there's honestly. actually a lot of I do, I remember meeting a bunch of research um, people, site owners, various other backgrounds from Texas. So that stood out a lot. There was a lot of people there from Texas <laughs> people and from Arizona. <laughs> David LaHaye's from he has a site in Rio Grande. Didn't you meet with? Yeah, so David. I actually shout out to David. Actually, I told him that, you know, we have to do some sort of collaboration with LACR. So, um, yeah, I, I spoke with him. I got to go to his site here because I'm currently in the Rio Grande, which is super, super, super South Texas. Um, if anybody thinks that San Antonio is the south, the southest you can get, no, it's not. It's Rio Grande. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, he has a site over here. And so he, you know, invited me over. So I did. I went. I met his some of his staff. Very awesome, really great stories you shared and even potential ideas uh, I gave them. Hopefully we can, you know, find a way to collaborate. But uh, I met them. I also met uh, uh, Pinnacle, who is also here in South Texas. Uh, I didn't get to meet them, at least at their site. I saw them at the conference, but um, also points of collaboration as well, right? Um, this is really great. I think we, we got had to... A, we had a panel and a breakout session on diversity. We couldn't not tackle that topic especially with LICR being involved but what let's assume next year's a two-year thing or two-day thing um what would you guys do differently as far as getting the ENI or LICR more involved as far as like the content is concerned mm -hmm. you go first Judy yeah I, so I was on that that panel and then the breakout afterwards and I think there's just so many questions and so many things we could have gone over and we only like touched upon a small aspect of it. We had three great panelists um, talking about, you know, different aspects of community outreach, what they're doing in their communities, um, the patient perspective, things to consider, but there's just so much under that and, you know, going deeper into it and what other sites are doing that we didn't really get to touch on. And I think there was a lot of questions. So the breakout session was actually really awesome because then all these people got to ask a little bit more details on like, you know, this is what I'm doing in my community. This is working. This is not working. What do you recommend? Um, but again, even with the breakout session, we I think we had what, like an hour at the most and there was just some questions we couldn't get to. So I think I would definitely put more um, more emphasis on that topic and do more of that throughout the conference. Um, maybe more breakout sections, some kind of small group discussions. Um, so from what I understood is that there are people doing a lot of this recruitment, outreach, advertising, and it's working for some studies, not always others. They're not connecting with everybody in the community. Maybe they're not reaching the whole minority patient population. 
And so connecting with those that are kind of doing something or are doing something in that area and having a more detailed discussion. So I know that was a big topic. Um, also, all this work that sites are doing, they're not necessarily getting reimbursed. And that actually was a little shocking because I have been doing that for a long time and I'm able to get, you know, so many, so much funds in our contracts and budget and it have been for years. And that hasn't been something that I get pushed back. So to hear that sites that are actually doing this outreach, you know, lunch and learns, and they're not getting anything from the sponsors, that was very disappointing to hear. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, shout out to uh -oh. Brenda, who you mentioned, because she actually was on, on our breakout um, room and she was actually, she ended up providing some feedback to the people there of, as a sponsor on the, her perspective, she can, you know, they are able to give you funds, but what you needed to do, you know, the justification and why mm -hmm. you need funds. And, and so um, I think it's just, I wish there was a more, maybe more sponsor CROs there that can, we can talk to about this. Cause I am so very surprised that a lot of sites said they were not getting this or very minimal, or they're just doing it and just, putting in the time to it and not getting anything back from it. Um, so that was, that was an interesting thing that I learned, but other than that, I think there's so much more, you know, that we could have done with that topic. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, would you like, do you think we could have, we could, if we have what, like another day and more time to get more tactical, like <laughs> maybe how to make yeah. a podcast in Spanish or I don't know, like just very detailed <laughs> stuff. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that also came up um, was a recruitment plan. So advertising outreach recruitment plan, apparently not a lot of people do it. I did. I've shared it actually after the conference with several others and they were like, oh my gosh, thank oh, you yeah. for sharing it. The one you it. shared so, with me, yeah, huh? The one I shared with you. It's it really that. good. It's it really worked. detailed. Yeah. So actually I thought about it because I've heard all this great comments from it is actually doing a little workshop on that. Like this is exactly how you're going to create this and why, and then go through it. Cause apparently not everybody is doing it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that's something, so something like more um, hands-on, you go through examples. This is what I'm doing. You know, this is how we're getting fun. I think it's, it's, it's a lot of, yeah. Right. Like I can show you kind of like what the other panels where they kind of went through a, um, scenario with a contract and budget, right? Yeah, but in your, I was going to say in our panel, the first one we did, oh, me right, and you, right. you brought something super actionable. A lot of people like <laughs> still talking about it with, with the personality test. Yeah. So right. we need stuff I mean, like there's various, that. various tests you could do, right? There's yeah. computer tests and all this stuff to assess uh, uh, potential candidates. Um, yeah. 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 There's there's definitely things <laughs> that like actionable things we can we want to give people. Um for next time too, like, mm -hmm. especially as it pertains to recruitment and diversity. So that was, mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to 2025 now. Yeah. yeah. I think for, for me, um, well, one thing that I actually learned, uh, like I said, when I met with David LaHaye afterwards, we started talking about, I guess, my previous experience, um, like just in general with the industry, but also what I would do before I was in the industry and I talked about when I was um, here at the university and how I actually was able to help conduct a really huge um, kind of like a medical fair for people in the colonias, right? And for those of you that don't know what the colonias are, like um, actual subsections of very rural areas in rural areas that, you know, usually people don't even have cars. They don't have modes of transportation, all sorts of things like that, right? And so over here, that's very common. And... Um, 
Well, ultimately, we got a bunch. We got a, a school. We got um, different doctors, churches, and even university students and, and medical programs in the universities to come together and to do this event for free. Everything was free. We even got buses to, you know, truck in all the these individuals from the colonias that would have otherwise never have had this exposure or access to medical care, right? And so um, I went over the step-by-step with David LaHaye and his team, and they were kind of like mind blown. And I realized that this is actually something that um, people could potentially do all over. They just don't realize that the certain areas that they can actually resource. And so that's something I think I'd like to talk about step-by-step on how to do that and what groups you would have to reach out to um, and yeah, pretty much making it free unless you want to do extra marketing or whatever. But so there's that. Um, oh, sorry. The other thing I would very much like to do is find a way to incorporate, you know, all the other diversity organizations and potentially, you know, have some speaking time, not so much on the panel probably, but like on a deep dive or in a breakout session where we're able to discuss, you um, different aspects from these different organizations or like talk-ins or something, something interesting and different, not what you're normally used to seeing where you just kind of ask questions all the time, right? I want to, something very interactive, um, especially, you know, if you're having groups from all over the country, and in this case, we have people from other other actual countries show up from, from Chile, Argentina, Netherlands. That's right. Wow. Yeah, we have people from all over. Uh, one of the comments, we're getting comments, like not showing up here, but one of them, Marissa says, how can you boost recruitment and focus on DE&I in rare disease when it's so such a difficult area already? And the answer is, I don't know, <laughs> because <laughs> for those rare disease, you're trying to get anyone, you don't really necessarily pay attention to race and demographics. You're just happy anyone's interested in doing it in the first place rare disease is super unique but maybe that's another topic panel we need to have because we didn't really address that in this in this sos we didn't have time for rare disease i mean i would say something that i keep hearing i've been sitting in on and like kind of listening to oops slowing down i think (laughs) um but anyways um i've been listening into a lot of podcasts lately um and hearing a lot of different conversations on that and i feel that one of the things is you know you're so focused on patients but you know not really also paying as much attention to your network to physicians it doesn't mean that your physician has to necessarily be within your your site's you know scope of work where they're actually working but i think that if you can can do some sort of aspect of having a series of specialists um, uh, somewhat involved in some way, shape, or form. And again, I'm 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 fairly new to this because I'm not necessarily I'm not a site owner. But if there's a way around that, because I think as some specialists, you know, are getting close to retirement, they're wanting something a little bit more more relaxed or not as hectic or heavy as a private, you know, regular clinic is wanting, which is very fast paced. Um, I feel like you're going to start seeing a lot of older physicians coming into, especially specialists coming into the research sector and, you know, trying to do X, Y, or Z. And I think when you have those kinds of physicians coming in, they know more people, they speak to other people. Um, and you have Dr. To- Al on that panel. He does some rare yeah. cancer stuff too. Yeah. Well, Dr. Al Jazeera, he's got, he's a, he's definitely has his uh, diverse background as well. So it's perfect. Um, 
some of this sponsor. So we, one of the things we talked about when it comes to DEI were we had sponsors in attendance. So mm-hmm. sponsor people from drug companies there mm-hmm. and CROs. So like they're scoping us out. <laughs> they're scoping us out. So next yeah. year we'll probably have a couple, hopefully. Mm-hmm. But and some of them that were there were very interested in the stuff. Actually, they mm-hmm. all should be, but some are more than others. Uh, did you hear anything back from them? Either of you guys? No, not so much. I think um, I agree. They were there to just see, you know, how the conference was going to go. Um, I definitely would like to get a lot more involved on the panels, breakout sessions, small groups, whatever it is that we end up doing, um, because a lot of this, these discussions need to involve sponsor CROs as a site. If this is what we need, how do we do it? And then having mm-hmm. a sponsor CRO, we have these conversations. There's things that we don't realize that happens, obviously, on the back end, sponsor CRO. Um, and I think if we're pretty clear on what we need to provide to in order to get what we need, um, I think that can help clear up a lot of things because sometimes we don't always know as a site, right? We think they're not mm-hmm. going to support us or give us what we need, but they will. They just need a little bit more from us or more information, more justification. And I don't think everybody is always so clear on that. Mm-hmm. I did get to speak with three. Um, and like you said, they were there to scope us out. So not necessarily. So I'm not going to say their name or where they were from specifically, but there were three. Um, one of them did um, specify that it was something that, you know, this person had been looking for and looking forward to seeing in the industry for some time and was happy to see that it's finally coming to fruition. So that obviously made me very happy to hear that. Um, and the two others specifically were... They pretty much said that, you know, it was very interesting, our approach. They really liked seeing the engagement, that they had never seen that engagement before, which that's something we were hearing all the way since even before the day of the conference in the pre-party, right? And so um, the engagement and also the fact that there was such a large amount of sites and even more so that they were interested to see that there was people there that were getting ready to open their sites. And so um, I think that it's going to... Yeah, a lot of that. And so, and I think it, I really like that. And I, I'm happy about that because it lets us know that we have the opportunity, um, not just as SOS, but through LICR to really help kind of, um, I mean, there's always talk about grassroots and diversity discussions, but this is truly an opportunity for us to step in at the very point of creation and make that difference in the community, right? Because, you know, these sites are going to be barely implementing their first, you know, points of aspect of how they're going to recruit and how they're going to interact with the community, even if outside of recruitment, right? Just in general interaction. And I think that that's a really great opportunity and, you know, maybe guide or help educate as much as we possibly can. And it's definitely an awesome opportunity. I wasn't counting, but one of the things that I, uh, you just reminded me of one of the things I was excited about when I was there, just meeting people and people telling me what their plans are. And it was like super humbling, first of all. And I don't throw that word around lightly. It's, it's people actually coming up saying, you know what, I'm going to start a site. And it's anecdotal. I didn't actually take a poll, but I use my eyeballs. Like the majority <laughs> were minorities that were wanting to start sites. Like they were yes. African American, they were Hispanic, there was an Asian person, there was like a lot, there was white people, of course, too. 
but it was a good amount. Like the majority of the people saying, Hey, I'm currently a CRA. I want to start a site. I'm current. My wife's currently a CRA. I want to start a site. I'm a CRC. I want to, the majority were minority. And I think to speak to your point, to truly make an impact on this DENI, like that E for equity, like mm-hmm. I talk about it all the time, that's true equity is like bringing it back in the communities that we live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, and it's just like, you know, as we talk about here, just like patients, right? Um, if they don't have access to resources, um, most of them either don't get into the research or into the trial, or they don't get their family into the trial, or they don't even know that the trial is happening, right? And I really felt like this was just a different version of that, where you have individuals, like you say, from rural backgrounds and or diverse backgrounds that, you know, barely starting, funds are low, all those kinds of things, just like what we see naturally within our population. And I mean, we had that opportunity to give them the space to come to financially be able to make it to an, an actual event that is helpful, but also affordable. And, you know, everybody there generally wants to help. And I feel like it's just a perfect example is if we can continue to give this, you know, provide and provide, and they're going to use this as a resource, right? And and I want to make sure that LICR is definitely at the forefront of that and on the educational background end of things, because it's great to know about finances. It's great to know about the, the inner workings, about trials and all of those things. But ultimately, you know, for you to even to get to that point, you need to be able to engage your community effectively. Mm-hmm. And so... I think yeah. we're going to be there with that for that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I definitely, like I mentioned, I, I think the a majority of the people I spoke to were site owners or admin management directors. Um, but I mean, you can put everything into place, but if you don't know how to recruit or connect with your community to find these participants, as well as collaborate with clinics, physicians, then you're not going to find the patients that you need, whether you're standalone or you're connected with an investigator. Um, eventually, you're going to have to do some outreach and have to find patients outside of that clinic setting. So you have to figure out how to do that. And I, I kind of want to bring up what Monair had mentioned on our panel is, and it was, I don't know if it's on the panel, I think it was on the, maybe in the breakout session where she had mentioned that not everybody is probably going to be an expert on community outreach, but find that person in your community that is an expert to connect with that minority po- population, whether a specific group, um, you know, someone who can do be your advocate. I think that's what she called it. Uh, be your community advocate. So find that person um, and have that collaboration with those people in your communities in order to get the information that you need to those that patient population. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that was really important because that's something that not a lot of us think about is we want to do it all, right? We can't do it all. And sometimes we're not that experienced. We don't all have this marketing outreach background, but who in our community does or who is already working with specific patients in the community that we want to reach out to, then connect mm-hmm. with that person to share that information and, and just continue to collaborate with them. Um, so I think that was really important. And that that relates to panel one. And Marissa, thank you for your comments. It's not showing up on StreamYard. I don't know. All the tech stuff's not working right today. <laughs> yeah. But she's saying, would LICR slash SOS want to conduct a webinar for Socra? which could open up industry partnerships and potential membership. I mean, I think that would be beautiful. I mean, ultimately that is the goal, right? The goal is to, I mean, of course, granted that all the other organizations that are part of these ideas, right, are open and willing, um, you know, because, you know, 
we want to collaborate. We understand that this is a cross-industry effort. I mean, of course, we all have our own thoughts and, you know, opinions about certain things, you know, but nonetheless, we're all here ultimately for change. And in order to bring the change, we have to all just ultimately lock arms, right? And if that really is, you know, the case of what everybody's wanting, then doesn't matter uh, from which point stance that I think the organization that you're running or founding, right, ultimately, we're all in there for the same goal and can help each other because we all have different uh, focuses, right? And so, or main pinpoints that we're focusing on. Um, but yeah, I think that would, I think that would be great. Sokra, for sure. Yeah, we would for love sure. to have, I'm not sure if anyone, there were CRAs there. I'll tell you that. At a yeah. Yeah. Good amounts. A lot of the entrepreneurial types, a lot of the ones that are out there. Uh, but this relates, Judy, to panel one we did again. Mm-hmm. Uh, selecting the your coordinator, like what <laughs> skill set. And one of the things we got <laughs> feedback from was, hey, you haven't talked about recruitment at all. And it's true. Like, we kind of overlooked it. Not because, I mean, we know how to run sites. And we, you and I and everyone on there hires for recruitment but mm-hmm. where it just showed you like when push comes to shove and you only have six minutes to come up with a plan <laughs> like recruitment yeah. didn't come up and recruitment's right. super important lana one of my crcs every thursday now here in yuma she's got a booth at the yuma jazz fest that we're getting like 10 people every time she goes just pre-screening jazz fest? yeah yuma jazz that's fest. cool <laughs> that's nice and she's like a out in the community, like what Judy was just talking about, it's important to hire for that skill set too. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because we, we we collected a lot of information, right? That people filled out on postcards and didn't get to every single one and actually have an Excel sheet, which I guess I gotta share with you. Mm-hmm. Um and this this did come up. Actually, there was a lot of people that that stated who when they're hiring someone that they can um, do some of this recruitment, outreach, the personality to be able to talk to patients, to get them into studies, um, specific wording that people use. So that actually was was on some of the postcards that people filled out, um, not as much as other topics that we brought up. <laughs> you know, and you know, something that I, I, and I forgot to tell you now that you're bringing that up, Judy, some of the things that uh, when we were talking about the staffing, right, that, that panel, mm-hmm. I heard that one about, you know, the pen and, and all of that. I thought that was really funny. I liked it. But one of the Nick, things is, oh, Nick. yeah, Nick, yeah, Nick, <laughs> That's Nick it. Well, you know I hadn't heard about that one before. Can you, can you <laughs> re-explain that? Like just so people like for 30 seconds, so mm-hmm. that was a good one for people that missed it. Oh, Judy. So I believe what I understood from it is when he's interviewing a candidate, he sets up the, the room or the table where the candidate's going to sit a certain way with a pen. And I, I'm not sure what else he said a certain way. And then when the candidate comes in, he's interviewing them. He sees like what they do with it, right? I believe that was it, Dan. Yeah, um, and I was see if they move it, like, and then I guess that that tells them a lot about if they're organized. Right? And it's so funny because before he even got <laughs> to that point, saying his reasoning for it, mm-hmm. I was like, why would he mess with the pen? I'm immediately gonna go and fix it. And then he said, oh, if they fix it, I know they're organized. And I started right. laughing in the background because uh, I was like, yeah, that's yeah, that's something I would do. Um, <laughs> that's but funny. When, one of the things that um, I think would be interesting is also when you're interviewing them, uh, you know, it's always very focused on, okay, if you can do the job, you know, explain this, explain that about the position, you know, X, Y, Z. But if you're going to come across a candidate that actually looks really promising, but they don't have mm-hmm. a lot of experience, 
I personally would, if I was interviewing them, I'd focus in on what their ideas were, given the concept mm -hmm. of what you're trying to look at and say, how would you engage the community, right. right? Like what kind of things would you, what resources would you access? What would you try to do? Especially if they don't know much about actual right. research resources, mm -hmm. you're going to get a lot more of a, a raw perspective just on community uh Right. reach i guess you could say not outreach yeah. to the patient but like what they would mm -hmm. do would they go to a certain store or whatever um i think that that's something interesting i don't think a lot of people ask those kinds and of questions we actually do like scenario do? questions yeah we actually have done that recently on the candidates we hired and you know if you had to do this what would you do and, and i think some of the questions were related to that like if we had to go find participants for the study where would you go um, and those that can think outside the box or even give you a really good answer, even though they don't know much about research, yeah. um, says a lot. And actually, that's how we hired one of the pre-screener recruiters we have that we also use for marketing outreach. We were at that time we were interviewing people only going to hire one position, mm -hmm. which was, I believe, a research assistant. And, but when we interviewed this other candidate, she knew nothing about research, but she did her. She went to the website. She read about it. She came back and kind of, you know, gave us a little overview of what she thought we did and she was really interested in it. And then I don't know how the conversation came out to where she's like, yeah, I like what you guys do. And if I could, you know, if I worked here, I would want to go share the information with the field farm workers because that's, you know, she had a lot of family that worked there. And she just get, came up with this whole like how she was going to recruit patients when she had no research background. And so then we decided to actually hire her. So we hired two candidates instead of one because that was another position we were looking to fill. We just weren't going to fill it right away. And so because she came with that mm -hmm. answer and what she brought to the table, we we're like, oh, you know, she, you know, this is what we can use her in. And we ended up filling her, putting in that role, even though we weren't ready to, but it was, it was kind of, so you never know, right? How you're yeah. going to go. Um, so that was that. You, that's for all of those um, out there, like coming yes. ready for the interviews. And and definitely, if you have ideas on what you think you could bring to the table for that business, that role, um, mm -hmm. share it, share it, because that's what we want to hear as, as people that are hiring these candidates. 100%. Yeah, Victor, your site director, we just did a podcast, I'll release it next week, but he came mm -hmm. to the interview with a plan like <laughs> oh yeah i saw that i saw that idea, like a plan like I saw you a, guys binder, live. a binder plan wow <laughs> oh do oh no i don't think i have it here anymore <laughs> that's crazy with tabs, but yeah with out tabs. of the box stuff if you want out of the like if you want non-conventional results which is more minority participation more diversity you need to do non-traditional things like mm -hmm. Traditional is like a flyer. Um, let's have a Facebook. Mm -hmm. I mean, for some sites, that's like not even traditional. That's like out of the box. But <laughs> like non-traditional is like what you just said. Field workers, mm -hmm. farm or agriculture worker. Like how are you reaching these communities? Mm -hmm. um, Lunch and Learns is also like kind of outside the box because people don't really do it. Mm -hmm. Like you're supposed to be doing it. I understand why sites don't do it. They don't get reimbursed for it. But at some point, it's nice if a sponsor reimburses you. But at, mm -hmm. at some point, it's also like in your business's best interest to do An it investment. as part of branding. Yeah. Right, an investment. Mm -hmm. uh, something that actually just got brought up to me yesterday, as a matter of fact, was, you know, so 
LICR, like how were you guys, you know, involved with SOS and, you know, how, how exactly were, are you helping the diverse community, the diversity community and all that? And I said, well, you know, um, and it was kind of compared to other diverse organizations. And I said, well, you know, the one that we were compared to, I said, well, you know, the focus is very different, right? So I guess to clarify what LICR, our, our kind of our current focus right now is, is more of, again, bringing free education, free knowledge to the industry, to our audience, right? Um, because ultimately, you know, um, if you really want to talk grassroots approach, it's it's to those that are trying to get in, whether it's through research, the knowledge of research, or potentially maybe doing a career in, right? Um, I feel that, you know, for those that are looking for work, right, that are looking to get placed, you know, that is a whole monster in itself, right? And I'm sure Judy and, and Dan can agree to that, you know, to the point where you can even become like your own recruitment company. And, you know, we don't want to necessarily stray away from the focus, which is bringing free education to the community, because, you know, I think that's kind of where the lack of currently already is. Even when you're talking about sites, even when you're talking about sponsors that have money to put into the community, there's still a lack of knowledge out there, right? And so this is kind of one of the things that we're doing here. And by, by you know, collaborating with SOS, we'll be able to not only connect with these sites and or new incoming sites, right? But also because we are free content, that is something that can be given to their diverse groups that they are, um, you know, uh, at their screening and all of that so that they can come and, and still watch this content. So, you know, just to kind of give a little bit of viewpoint of that, because I know that there's a lot of different organizations out there doing different types of things. And so that's really the focus that we have right now. This is where we're coming in through SOS because you have to find different ways and variations to be able to, you know, approach the community and, and provide that education. Right. And I wanted to add the the founders, co-founders of LICR. Most of us are site owners. We've been in the industry for many, many years. We have firsthand experience. We're working with patients at our site. We're doing all of this that we speak of, which is why we talk about it, because it's our personal experience on these issues that we talk about or things that we hope could help others, right? Um, and maybe they can be a little bit better at it or not have to struggle what we did when we did years ago when we started or over the years. I mean, I was surprised. I guess I shouldn't be in hindsight, but the entrepreneurial spirit of the attendees, mm -hmm. like most conferences you go to, you get like, you know, job seekers, you get people working. This was like people, yeah, you might be a CRC or a coordinator, but you're looking for like, maybe I should do consulting. Maybe I could create this company. And it, in hindsight, it shouldn't be surprising because like you said, LICR, like all the founders are entrepreneurs, like blue-blooded entrepreneur i mean you can't you can't be more entrepreneur than who we are at, at licr and same thing with sos when you throw in brad and dr fox it's a bunch of entrepreneurs so it's it makes sense that that spirit is reflected in the attendees as well and mm -hmm. i was just surprised because i've i've gone to scope and all these other things acrp i'm actually going in may if you guys come let's do something <laughs> in anaheim but you don't get that same Mm -mm. five mm -mm. no no and i want i want to make sure that we we didn't get to do that this year but next year for sure we will ensure that we can actually you know provide some uh sponsorship uh, how much i don't know but at least you know 
minimum one, but maximum, I would like to gauge around five, uh, maybe even more if possible from LICR to give, you know, some of our audience here the opportunity to, mm. to, you know, go and actually see, you know, otherwise that they would not have had the opportunity. Right. And so um, something to, to note, you guys, we will be obviously coming on here monthly, but we'll also be doing live podcasts on the SOS um, as well, just kind of how we are here and going into depth about those things. So if you did not get to go to SOS, if you didn't know about it till the very end um, and didn't know how we actually do, we do the same thing. Uh, we engage the community to ensure that we are planning everything according to y'all's needs, what you want to hear, what you want to learn and not you know, this is what we're teaching and that's it, right? So if that is something that interests you, please, you know, uh, check in on us. We will be doing our uh, our own, me, Judy, and Monica. She's not here right now. She's in Colombia at the moment. So shout out to Monica. Mm -hmm. But um, we will be doing uh, lives, me, her, and Judy. And, uh, and then sometimes we'll be coming on with Dan Fox and Brad as well. And so um, we would really love to see you guys there. We want to see our LACR support there. And just to get your feedback, even if you don't plan on going, right? Because again, we're going to try to do as much as we can to bring on the DEI conversation in a in an actual doable way, not that basic, you know, surface high level, <laughs> high level, or you know, I like to call it the froofy talk where you're just giving power power words or whatever, like nothing like that. This is we're actually going to have the real conversations, right? And so. Look to see you there. Yeah, and uh, thank you so much, Marissa. Uh, we will email you. We're, I just connected with you on LinkedIn. So um, she wants to learn more about how we could collab with Sokra. So right. absolutely. Yeah, actually, I, I saw, hello, Marissa. I, I don't know why. I think I spoke with you once. If this is the Marissa I'm, I'm thinking. If not, Marissa Bialecki. Bialicki. Oh gosh, you know what? I, I don't remember the last name. But anyways, if it is you, hello. <laughs> if it's not you, hello. <laughs> yes, if it's not you, hello as well. <laughs> awesome. Well, but I don't know, you guys. Do you have anything else you want to bring up? Follow our LICR page, Latinas and Klinger Research LinkedIn, because in the future, starting next month, we'll go live from directly from the LinkedIn page there. Yes, we will be bringing on some people very soon. Uh, we go in a lot of potential interviewers uh, for or uh, interviewees for uh, LACR podcast. So you'll be seeing them very shortly, I'm sure. Yeah. Looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if you are interested, connect with us. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Like, subscribe, right. comment, share. Thank you very much, everybody. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.